And good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moms and dads, children of all ages. Welcome to Living on a Thin Line with Tony Vizic. I am Tony Vizic. This is your daily diversion, distraction from all the anger, weirdness, anxiety, and hoopla going on in the world today. Uh, we come to you every day at 2 p.m. Arizona time, Mountain Standard time. Actually, right now, because we don't do daylight savings time, Pacific time. So now you don't know what time it is where you are. That's what we do. We confuse. We confuse with laughter. Uh, I'm very happy to be with you today, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, today is uh, my birthday. I am 65 years old today. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, I do want to tell you that uh, a couple things. Uh, if you go to my uh, page, Tony Visick, V-I-C-I-C-H, uh, we are raising money for the Maricopa Food Pantry out here. I'm really excited by the uh, support that we're seeing uh, for the Maricopa Food Pantry. Um, I started out, I just said it at like a $200 level. You know, let's raise 200 bucks. And I know these people and we donate money to them through our, um, our Sunday night Zoom shows. So we've been able to donate a little bit here and there. But uh, I decided, you know, I've never liked this thing for my birthday. I'm raising money for this or that. And I thought, what the heck? They're a good cause. I know them personally. I can see on the ground what they're doing for this community uh, as far as being able to get free food out to people in need. Uh, so I set a goal of 200 bucks, blasted through that in no time at all. All right. So then I reset it for like 400, blasted there at 500. Blast. Now it's set at 700. I think we're going to blast through that. So we are raising money for the Maricopa Food Pantry. These people do great work for uh, people here in Southern Arizona in the uh, Pinal County area where we live, which is actually part of Greater Phoenix, but is actually a separate county, kind of, uh, uh, kind of like living in Ventura. You know, you're still part of the, the kind of the greater L.A. thing. So um, uh, I just want to thank all of you who have donated so far. I'm not going to ask anyone to donate. I'm not going to put the arm on you. Okay, but if you happen to run across it on my page and you feel like it, we'll, we'll be happy to do that. It'll run to August 22nd, and then our good friends at the Maricopa Food Pantry will get paid. Uh, I was talking to Jennifer out there earlier, uh, one of the people that run it, and they do not take a penny. They all have straight jobs, regular jobs. They're a lot like open mic comics. The thing they love doing, they don't get paid for. <laughs> <laughs> but they put in hours and hours and hours making sure that no one in this part of Pinal County goes hungry. You don't have to go hungry here because of the Maricopa Food Pantry. So uh, she told me that for 10 bucks she can feed an entire family here in southern Arizona for a week, a family of four. So anyway, we got that going. I want to thank all of you who donated so far. I want to thank all of you that sent me birthday wishes. It's very, very, very nice. It's humbling. It's sweet. I appreciate it. Uh, all the way from the heartfelt and sincere ones to the totally snarky ones. So we appreciate them all. Uh, what do we got coming up for you this week, entertainment-wise? Uh, here's what we got coming up for you is this Friday. That's tomorrow, August 14th, the year of our Lord, 2020. We are having a live Zoom show, and this will be one of the best Zoom shows you've ever seen. It'll be one of the best shows you've ever seen on a screen. It'll be one of the best shows you've ever seen live in person. It'll be one of the best shows you've ever made up in your head. This will be the real deal. This is the roast of Tony Visick. Uh, six or seven uh, or eight, I don't know, I'm not putting it together, of my uh, favorite friends here in the greater Phoenix area are all getting together to say absolutely horrible and disgusting things about me, uh, vile and pernicious 
language will be used, nothing politically uh, correct or progressive, and then I will get to roast them back. It'll be tons of fun. It'll be the funniest roast you've ever seen, I guarantee it, because the people on it are funny. Uh, Kevin Brown, who's now watching, hey, Kevin Brown, um, is the host and MC. Uh, He's a funny man. Uh, So please go to ComedySchools.com and click Get Tickets and buy a ticket for... Buy a ticket for uh, this Sunday's uh, Zoom show. Also, um, right after this, I will um, put the link up on my Facebook page again so that you can access it directly through my Facebook page, okay? So those are the things we got coming up for you. Um, I'm having a real nice birthday. Birthday. If they say it's your birthday. No, 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 no. You know, they say... That uh, you get to a certain age and people go, man, if I knew I was going to live this long, I'd have taken better care of myself. For me, if I knew I was going to live this long, they go, you definitely going to live this long. I'd done twice as much. I'd done 10 times as much. I'd have been twice, <laughs> twice as crazy. Going, well, I know I'm going to make it. I know I'm going to make it. No, that's not true. I'm glad that I did what I did when I did it. I'm glad I stopped when I stopped. I'm extremely grateful for uh, what I have today. Uh, my brother Jerry's watching here. He's not only my brother, he's, uh, he's my friend. He's my brother and my friend. Uh, we've been through a lot together ever since uh, he was born. First couple of years, um, I pretty much handled life on my own. I didn't have a younger brother, uh, but then when I was two, he showed up, and we have been through it all together, all together. Uh, hello to you, Jerry. Love you very much. Uh, so... Uh, I'm just glad that I made it here. I have here in my house, I've got my uh, lovely wife, who happens to be the producer of this show. Thank you, Champ de Blasio. Thank you. Um, and I have uh, uh, my uh, wonderful daughter, Alicia, uh, has been kind enough to come out and visit and spend a few days with uh, her old dad out here. In, uh, and I'll be honest with you, this town that I live in, Maricopa, which I love, I love living here, and I love uh, all my involvement here. Um, when I was in my 20s, this is not where I would live. This is not where the action is, you know? This is not the party town. This is not, where, this is not the rock and roll town. We do have a casino, and we have uh, concerts that come out here when they're doing live concerts. Uh, but, uh, you know, this is not a... I'm not going to say it's not a young person's town because there's young people living here. But uh, I just appreciate her coming out and visiting uh, her old pop for this. So I got my wife... I got my daughter, and I got my two dogs. I got my dog, so I, I don't know what else you need, man. I got myself a good dog. Got a couple good dogs here, Roscoe and Chica, who somehow insist when we're doing this podcast in being in this tiny room, this room that um, when I first had this house built, I envisioned this as Alicia's room if she moved out here, okay? Uh, she never did. By the time it was ready to go, she was off to college. But uh, it's a tiny room. Uh, so I was like a, a little, she wasn't a little kid then either. I don't know what I was thinking. So I was like a little kid's room. But now it is the uh, home office for ComedySchools.com. And it's also where we do the uh, broadcast, as you can tell, because we're doing it. And when I do it, just uh, every living creature in his house converges here. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, what are we going to talk about today? I haven't looked at the news. Uh, for me, it's already set. I know who I'm voting for. I know why I'm voting for them. Uh, I don't think there's much that could change my mind. Um, I imagine if I were a uh, Donald Trump supporter, I could see where there would be things that would change my mind because of uh, how terribly the pandemic has been handled, that there hasn't been a national strategy at all. I mean, not at all 
Has there been a national strategy? Uh, we've all been kind of left on our own here, uh, fighting with each other. People getting in fist fights and arguments over a simple thing like wearing a mask. You know, uh, the people that don't wear masks are the same people who would uh, have sex with a stranger and then, you know, not know if they have the clap or not. And then go home and bring it to their wife or bring it to someone else going, maybe I got it, maybe I don't, but I don't like wearing those things. You know, um, you know what? Uh, the anti-maskers, uh, you know, they're bareback in their face. And uh, just to repeat, man, I don't wear a mask to protect me. I know it doesn't really protect me. I wear it to protect you because it reduces the flow from me to you. And if I'm reducing my flow and you're reducing your flow, we can get this virus under control. I don't know if we can get it under control now. It might be out of control, but we can reduce the uh, pandemonium of the pandemic. I certainly hope so. I think we all want the same thing. Anti-mask people and people who are taking the uh, pandemic seriously all want the same thing, which is we want the world as it existed before March of 2020. We all want the same thing. It's not my goal to wear a mask my entire life. It's not my goal to never go to a concert again or a bar or a movie theater or a crowded restaurant or be able to sit next to someone at a basketball game that I don't know where I paid 150 bucks still to sit in a crow's next to watch, sit next to an absolute stranger. Okay. It's not my goal to never do that again. It's not my goal for every kid being raised for the next 10 years to be raised in some sort of dystopian bubble where they never leave their house and they learn online. It's not my goal. It's not anybody's goal. It's unsustainable. It's our goal to get back to pre-2020 as quickly as possible and still deal with all the crap we were dealing with then. And I know for you anti-maskers, that's what you want as well, but you want it now and you can't have it now. The deal is still spreading. Our only hope now is an effective vaccine that has like 50% effectiveness, 50%. And then a lot of anti-vaxxers won't take it. So we got trouble in the days ahead, but we're going to handle it. And we're going to handle it with our heads up. Okay. Uh, Doug Stark said, you just spit my virtual eyes. Thanks. You know, Doug, uh, you need something to open up your eyes. You need something to clear the clouds in your cataracts, you son of a gun. My good friend Doug Starks is here watching right now. Uh, Doug is a great guy. Uh, Doug was the very first comic I ever booked as a booking agent here in Phoenix, Arizona. And I believe either 1986 or 87. And I booked the club for about two months. And Doug was the first comic that I booked. And I have known Doug from the early days of stand-up and the early days of sobriety. And we have remained friends uh, ever since. So, uh, and, uh, and we're friends now, even though I spit in his virtual eye. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, we all want the same thing. It's just how we're going to go about it. Uh, DJ Payne says, the mask takes away all the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny <laughs> I don't want to wear one of those takes away all the feeling I don't wear yeah you know I guess if you're going to run around um, I'm just going to say it's my birthday if you're running around face fucking people and everybody's wearing masks it's probably not as fun <laughs> not a family show um, here's what we're going to talk about right now okay there will be cake for my birthday tonight now, I'm assuming there'll be some sort of traditional cake that says, Happy Birthday, Tony. If there's not, that's fine. But I also know there will be cheesecake. Cheesecake. Now, I want everybody to listen closely here. This is important. 
too bad that Glenn Vroman and Randy Aomar are on here right now because they're uh, cantankerous bastards who don't seem to get the message. Okay? There'll be cheesecake. And when I say cheesecake, it will be cheesecake. It'll be cheesecake with a crust at the bottom. And that'll be it. There will be no fruit on my cheesecake. There will be no sauce on my cheesecake. As the cheesecake is being made, nothing will be mixed in with the cheesecake, causing some sort of swirl of strawberry or chocolate or caramel. It will be pure, unadulterated, virgin cheesecake. And anything else, you put fruit on cheesecake, it's not a cheesecake. You put strawberries on a cheesecake, it's not a cheesecake. You put peaches on a cheesecake, it's not a cheesecake. It's not a cheesecake. Cheesecake, it's not a cheesecake. Caramel, not a cheesecake. If in when you're making the cheesecake, you mix in chocolate or caramel or strawberry or vanilla, it's got all kinds of swirly things in it. It is not cheesecake. It is something else. It is an infirmia. It is a blight. It is heresy to even say that that's cheesecake. I will be having pure cheesecake, okay? Because I'm a man of purity. <laughs> now you can argue with me about this if you want but you'll be wrong okay look let's be clear about this all right if i bring you you say bring me a hamburger and i say okay all right tina mike lawson all right dj Payne. all right doug starks all right champ the blousey i don't know where champ stands on this because he's a purist when it comes to pizza all right, Charles Kaminsky. All right, Jerry Visick. And you go, bring me a hamburger. And I bring you a cheese on it. You go, oh, you've brought me a cheeseburger, not a hamburger. If you say, bring me a cheeseburger, and I bring you some meat between two buns with lettuce and pickles and all that, but the meat is chicken, you go, this ain't a hamburger. This is a chicken burger. Because the main ingredient... The main ingredient has been messed with. And I see the arguments are going on now. Here we go. Uh, Eric Roy says, howdy. I don't know what Eric Roy feels about my uh, stance on cheesecake. Kevin Brown says, Tony, with your cheesecake words, you've literally become my hero. I've been trying to explain this to people for years. Let me go further. Okay? If you say, bring me a hamburger, Eric Roy, we're talking about, uh, everybody we're talking about who's just tuning in, that uh, if you put anything on top of cheesecake or if you mix anything in the cheesecake batter, that it's not cheesecake, it's something else. And you shouldn't call it cheesecake. You're a liar if you call it that. <laughs> if you said, bring me a hamburger, and I brought you two buns, lettuce and pickles, and this and that, and then it was ham, you'd go, this ain't a hamburger. I'd say, what do you mean? You go, a hamburger is supposed to have cow meat. It's supposed to have beef. Beef. Thank you, Eric. Thank you. Eric agrees. And if I brought you a hamburger. I go, it's a hamburger. You go, no, it's got ham. And I go, yeah, hamburger. Go, no, I don't care. That's not it. This is a ham hamburger. I don't mean, does it? If you brought, if you, if you had two hamburger buns, which is a classic hamburger bun, you had lettuce and pickles and whatever, you know, and all this, and, and you had ham in there, I don't know what the hell you'd call that. A ham sandwich. You sure in the hell wouldn't call it a cheeseburger, would you? No, you would not. Cheesecake has to be pure. And those that know, know. Those that are on the bus are on the bus. Those that are off the bus are off the bus. I've had many arguments with this. I've had, I've had violent confrontations, ladies and gentlemen. 
I've had the kind of stuff that shows up on YouTube videos right now and make people go, oh my God, what is wrong with people when they have tried to bring me, that's the Cheesecake Factory. It's just, they should call it the house, you're the house of pie, it should be called house of lies. And we all got all kinds of different cheesecake. No, you don't. You don't. You got pie and cake and not cheesecake. All right. Doug Stark says, actually, it's a cheese pie. You don't bake it. What is, what is a cheese pie, Doug Starks? What are, you, what are you getting at? By the way, uh, for those of you, we got a couple people on here to have some great, uh, some great video content. I just want to point out, uh, Doug Starks, my good friend, is not only a very funny guy, he's a great singer and a killer impressionist. As I understand it, uh, I mean, this guy is a great singer, and he can do a drop-dead perfect Perfect uh, impersonation of Sammy Davis Jr., Stevie Wonder, a lot of great people. I understand he's going to start giving vocal lessons, much like we do stand-up classes. Go to his page, Douglas Starks or Doug Starks, and check it out and see when he's going to start doing that. He's putting on live concerts with bands, live variety shows uh, from uh, San Luis Obispo right now, and he's doing it for free, and it's great entertainment. And also our good friend Champ de Blasio uh, uh, does pizza reviews uh, on a weekly basis where he reviews... All different from, you know, pizzas that are delivered to uh, boutique uh, pizzerias to uh, box pizzas from grocery stores. And they do a great reviews of pizza. If you, like, and if you love pizza, the way I love cheesecake, you want to check those out. So we got a couple here. Uh, Kevin Brown started to say something. Kevin, Pl- Kevin Brown replied to Doug, actually, it's a cheese pie. You don't bake it. Cakes are baked. All right. Now we're getting, yeah, it, it's even in how it's made. Even how it's made. So uh, I will be having cheesecake tonight. And when I say cheesecake, I mean real cheesecake. Let's get to, uh, what time is it? Let's get to the music. Uh, This week we are paying tribute to uh, the legendary uh, rock guitarist, Jerry Garcia. Jerry Garcia, founding member. uh, And Eric says, and Champ hates Papa John pizza. Champ, are you still here? Is that true? Okay. So Eric has looked at uh, uh, Champ's... um, Champ's uh, uh, page and knows about his pizza reviews, which I've watched. You know, every time I watch one of Champ's um, reviews, I feel like eating pizza, and I'm not supposed to eat that kind of stuff all the time. Doug Stark, Sundays at 6 p.m., Tuesdays at 6 p.m. is when you'll be able to catch live variety shows on his page, Doug Stark's, Douglas Stark's. Um, Every time I watch it, I want to eat a pizza, and I'm supposed to cut down that sort of food, all right, because I'm pre-everything. At 65, I'm pre-everything, Okay. I'm pre-skin cancerous all the time. All right? I'm pre-diabetic. I'm pre-hypertension. I'm pre-pre-pre. I'm pre-Fontaine. Uh, uh, we're paying tribute to the uh, legendary uh, rock guitarist Jerry Garcia, who I consider to be the greatest guitarist of all time. Greater than Jimi Hendrix. Greater than Eric Clapton. Greater than Jeff Beck. All of them stunningly good. Okay, Jerry Garcia was the most versatile. Jerry Garcia played in a wider range of music, all the way from jazz to rock, to blues, to country, to bluegrass, to classical, uh, to Broadway show tunes, to pop tunes, disco tunes. Jerry Garcia played them all. Jerry Garcia was the go-to steel guitar player for the rock generation for Crosby, Stills, and Nash, New Riders of Purple Sage, taught himself how to play steel guitar. Not an easy feat. One of the most difficult string instruments to play. Uh, Jerry Garcia went on to farm to Jerry Garcia Band. Many of the great things. Helped write many a great song. And passed away, sadly, this month, I believe on August 9th. 
1995. I believe he was born in August as well. So all this week we're paying a tribute. The Grateful Dead were, have been, and always will be my favorite band. I love that band. So I'm going to recommend uh, two albums today. This first one's a fun one, and uh, I've taken pretty good care of this one. I've had this forever. The Sound Price, that's a record store uh, I bought this from. Uh, you see the plastic still on it. This is Terrapin Station. Terrapin Station was a really offbeat album put out by, uh, by them on Arista when they had switched over to Arista as their record company. Um, the lineup at the time consisted of Bob Weir on rhythm guitar, Phil Lesh on bass, Jerry Garcia on lead, Donna Gotcha on vocals, Keith Gotcha on uh, keyboards, Bill Kritzman and Mickey Hart on uh, drums, and so much more. Uh, interesting lineup because this was finally uh, for, uh, from about somewhere in 72 up into the 80s, there was an additional voice in the Grateful Dead, and that voice was... Uh, Donna Godchow, her and her husband Keith. Donna had been a backup singer down in Muscle Shoals and sung backup on uh, Elvis records. Elvis records. And her and her husband, a very shy man, but a very good piano player, keyboard player, moved to San Francisco. And they were in a club, a small club, where Jerry was doing a solo date one night, as I remember it. Came up to Jerry and goes, I have your next keyboard player. It's my husband. And by 1972, when they toured Europe, uh, Keith was with them, even though Pigpen, the original uh, keyboard player, was with them, but he was very sick at the time. It was not able to perform up to standards, unfortunately. So this album had uh, Keith and Donna. That's what was the big difference in this lineup, in the ever-changing changing lineup of the Grateful Dead. Uh, the songs on this album became a big part of the Grateful Dead canon, a big part of set lists of Grateful Dead songs for years and years and years. Uh, estimated Profit... Samson and Delilah, Passenger, Dancing in the Streets, which is, they had done as early as 1966, Sunrise, and Side 2 is Terrapin Station. Um, starting sometime in the early 70s, the rock opera, an entire, um, an entire side of an album being one song had really kind of taken hold, and some of it had to do with money, too, okay? Um, and this gets pretty deep into paint, but this is kind of cool. I just went on record with this. The Grateful Dead uh, negotiated their deals to be paid at jazz rates as opposed to pop rates. So uh, at pop rates, you got paid by the cuts. That's why so many albums would have like 15 songs on it. So your royalty was paid on the cuts. Jazz rates, you were paid by the minute. Okay? So they would do an entire side. That's where extremely long songs, a lot of those bands were being paid jazz rates on their record royalty. As, uh, mo almost all these songs... Uh, soon became part of the classic uh, Grateful Dead canon. And uh, if you've got time, and if you're really going to actively listen, you should listen to Side 2, Terrapin Station. It's a great, it's a great and ambitious and aggressive uh, uh, operatic tune. Um, but so's Estimated Profit is a great song, but I'm going to recommend that. Now, that's this album. Once again, almost all Dead albums, their studio albums, were not as good as their live performances. They were a live band. Uh, I've known comics like that. You know, I've known other musicians like that. I've known actors like that were better live on stage than on film, and vice versa. Great film actors, Turbo on Broadway. It's interesting how the medium works. But this is the album I want to recommend. Any first time, any first time, Dead user, dead listener, or anybody 
There's one side. There's the other side. Very cool. Very cool. That's, uh, uh, I don't know. That might be R. Crumb's work. Uh, anybody who's not ever listened to The Grateful Dead needs to listen to Europe 72. Europe 72 is a very interesting live album because uh, a big part of it was recorded in Europe, but a big part of it was recorded in the studio. And a lot of what was uh, recorded at Europe was then remastered in the studio. But uh, it captures the very best of the Grateful Dead in the 70s. This is the album. I've got to turn it around now because so, I've got to read off of it. This is the album that really kind of established what the band was, is, and always will be now. Because they'd gone through two phases prior to Europe 72. They had gone through their uh, psychedelic pop acid rock phase where they kind of created a new type of music leading all the way up to Live Dead from their al first albums in 66, 67 to Live Dead in 68, 69 to in 70 to 71, 72, uh, making Work of Man's Dead in American Beauty where they established themselves as a uh, folk country rock uh, type band. Uh, a lot of acoustic work, uh, a lot of ballad-type songs. And then with Europe 72, they were able to mix it all together, doing original tunes and traditional tunes and turning them into Grateful Dead songs. Side one, you got Cumberland Blues. He's gone. One more Saturday night. Okay. Uh, the first two written by Garcia Hunter, the second one by Bob Weir. Side two, Jack Straw. You win again. Hank Williams tune. China Cat Sunflower. So Jack Straw and China Cat, both uh, dead, uh, both by Garcia Hunter. China Cat being left over from their early psychedelic period. I know your writer, traditionally arranged. Great tune. Side three, you got Brown Eyed Woman, Garcia Hunter. It Hurts Me Too, an old Elmore James blues tune. So you got blues music and you got country music combined here as far as them, uh, uh, them playing other people's music. Uh, Ramble and Rose, Garcia Hunter. Side four, Sugar Magnolia which uh, oftentimes became the closing song. Mr. Charlie was uh, by uh, Pigpen and Robert Hunter. Pretty good tune. Tennessee Jed, Garcia Hunter. Side five, uh, the, uh, the big boogeyman of the Great Dead, trucking, and then an epilogue, and then side six, a prelude, which was just a bunch of uh, uh, jazz improv. And then, of course, from their first album, the great anti-war uh, uh, 1930 song, Morning Dew. Morning Dew. These songs were recorded in London and in Paris. The band consisted of, at the time, Jerry Garcia, Bob Weir, Phil Lesh, Pigpen, Keith and Donna, Bill Crutzman, and Robert Hunter. So it was one of the biggest groups they had. Tom Constantine was gone by then. The music on this is American music. This is the American story put to music by a bunch of American kids. This is the American story. Blues, jazz, country, all on one album. I'm trying to straighten it out here so I can get back to the front cover. Blues and uh, their version of I Know You, Writer is just wonderful. It, it evokes something. It tugs at the heartstrings. So if you're looking for music that you haven't listened to before and you've always been a little backed off from deadheads because they seemed a little weird, you don't really understand what's going on with that band, Listen to Europe 72. My favorite side is, hold on, I'm going to tell you my favorite side. My favorite side is uh, side two, Jack Straw, you went again, China Cat, I know you, writer. Okay? Beautiful, 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 beautiful work. Okay? American music. 
American music, all right, encompassing almost the history of our music, jazz, pop, rock, country, blues, all on three vinyl discs. So that's my gift to you today. Listen to, Mer listen to it with, uh, with open ears, with an open heart, with an open mind, with an open soul, and you will find something that makes you feel wonderful during a time when it's difficult to find things that make you feel wonderful. Okie doke. We're going to wrap up. We're going to wrap up. Uh, I want to thank you all. I'll be back tomorrow at 2 p.m., but tomorrow night, 7 p.m., Mountain Standard Time, Arizona time. It's the roast of Tony Vic. Visit tickets are only 10 bucks. Will I be donating the Maricopa Food Pantry from that money? You're darn right I will. You're darn right I will. You know, no matter how rough things are for you, listen, if only you got a dollar in your pocket, give a nickel to a homeless guy. If you got $100 in your pocket, give $5 to a homeless guy. All right? Um, uh, somehow we got paused for a second there. We're going to wrap up. We're going to go. We want to thank you very much. I'll see you tomorrow night on Zoom. Tickets for the show at ComedySchools.com. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Bye-bye. <laughs>